This Women's Agenda podcast series, The Leadership Lessons, is supported by Salesforce. Women's sport has grown exponentially in recent years. It's thanks to the hard work of many, but especially the female athletes who work and play tirelessly, often with much less acknowledgement than their male counterparts. I'm Kate Mills, the host of Women's Agenda's podcast series, The Leadership Lessons, supported by Salesforce. In this episode, I'm joined by Ash Brazil, a dual sports star who plays netball and AFLW for Collingwood at the highest level. Over the years, her determination and leadership has helped put women's sport on the map. So Ash, it's really fantastic that you could join us today for the leadership lessons, the female perspective you need for the decade ahead. So I want to start off with something really simple. How are you? Because I think the last image a lot of your fans will have had is you being taken off the field in February 2020. Uh, what happened and how's your recovery? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Um, I think, yeah, doing um, my knee on the ground, I guess, um, on live TV isn't always um, something you want people to see, let alone your family. Um, yeah, so I did my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus, and I um, broke my tibia. So, but if you're going to do an injury, why not do it all? But I'm actually, I'm in a really good headspace. I think doing your knee during COVID is probably, it's pretty tough. And I guess your rehab has to change because of that. But um, where I'm at now, uh, I'm feeling really good. I'm fully netball training at the moment and starting to get into um, contact work with footy. So, hopefully, not too far away. Now, I had a fair, a fair amount of sympathy for you because I, ruptured my patella tendon last year at exactly the same time so I was doing the same I'm not an elite athlete like you obviously um, but the same thing trying to get that rehab through COVID and trying to stay positive you know when you're a bit um, you can't walk um, and you've got all these extra things happening around the world how did you find that? Yeah I, I actually did struggle with it at the start I thought you know what it's 2020 the world is a different world till we know it so it's probably a good year to actually have an injury and, and actually get the rest and recover but what we didn't realize is physios would be shut doctors would be shut unless you prove you didn't have COVID but that had to change weekly my netball team at that time were in the hub in Queensland so I had no medical staff um, around me to support I guess my rehab so up until the seven month mark I did my rehab by myself and on zoom calls and doing all my exercises in the spare room but yeah so that was a mental challenge as well just because I think when you're an athlete a lot of people just see the highs and and um, don't really experience the lows with you so being injured um, is tough enough because you already feel like you're not a part of the team but then doing an injury that's going to keep you out for a year plus and then not have your team around was probably yeah, one of the toughest things I think I've experienced in my career and like I'm still not over that hurdle yet. Um, it's still tough not being able to do every drill but I guess that's just a part of being an athlete and if anything it's taught me that you know I'm resilient and I'm able to do things on my own and it's taught me that you know this is my body, my career and you can't always have someone do the work for you. So I feel like it's probably yeah, at the moment I'm in the best shape I think I've ever been. I want to talk to, to you. Um, you play both AFL women's football um, and a Puma athlete and also netball. So I just want to understand which came first and do you love one more than the other? How did you end up playing both effectively? Netball for me came first. I think um, a lot of Australian girls, regardless if you love the sport or not, you get thrown into netball because that seems what you do as a, a young girl. And um, I was lucky enough actually that both my mum and my dad played mixed netball. So I grew up watching that and I, my goal was to actually play for them, play with them rather than play for Australia. And so I was lucky enough that I got to do that. 
um, eventually. I actually didn't know AFL was a sport until I was thrown into the game in, I think I was in year four, and fell in love with it. So I've played both from a young age, but obviously back then you can only play AFL up until a certain age because girls don't play footy usually. Um, So netball kind of took off for me and I was lucky that I made the Institute of Sport and from there I was selected into um, representative teams and was able to play at the top. Um, And then, yeah, footy for me has only really, I guess, come back into it since, yeah, AFLW started. And how how do you manage that with sort of more general life, if you like? I mean, it's a fair load, like you said. Do you, um, you know, a lot of female athletes have to also work in order to support themselves. Are you in that position or are you supported entirely through sport? Yeah, no, so I work as well um, and I'm lucky again. Being at this club, I work in the media department. So I do all the social content through the club. I think I'm with three days a week. The way my training is, is um, so netball we start training at 7.30 in the morning and finish about 1.30 in the afternoon and footy doesn't start to 6. So I just try and get my hours done in those blocks. Yeah, it's a, big, it's a fairly big load though. Yeah, massive load. Like um, I've got a one-year-old, so my wife pretty much sometimes is a single parent just because I'm at the club like 14 hours a day and um, like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are are pretty tough. Um, And, you know, to be honest, it wasn't tough until we had Lewis because now I feel like on those three days I leave the house when he's asleep and then when I get home he's still asleep, like he's gone back to bed. So they're tough days because I'm not able to see him. But, um like Brooke, my wife is just so supportive and her biggest thing is, you know, my career can go on forever where yours has a has a limit. So do it for as long as you can and then we'll wait and see there where our life takes us. But I'm very lucky to have a supporting wife. So, you know, you play currently for the Collingwood Magpies and the Collingwood AFL women's team, but you also play for the Diamonds. How, how does that feel? How does that feel to put on the green and gold? Me, um... It's literally a dream come true and I know that's so cliche and I actually hate saying it but I was the kid that when I was young like would have all my teddy bears and dolls placed around the room and I'd do like fake signatures and give them to my dolls pretending I played for Australia and um, so to actually um, be able to represent my country it was um, I think because I got to do it like later on I was 30 when I um, played for the Diamonds recently and I guess being a bit older, having a child, you're able to reflect more rather than just be in the moment Um, and to be out on court singing the national anthem with your teammates, looking across the court and you're seeing New Zealand who are our biggest rivalries, it's a feeling that you actually can't describe because it just didn't feel real but it was the coolest moment I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's interesting, that story that you have there about in your very early days, you know, getting your teddy bears. It's almost as though you manifested it. You know what I mean? That's something that you really wanted. Yeah, and like I think if I was a bit younger, if I was 21, I'd probably never tell anyone that story. But now I'm like, yeah, like this is what I wanted and now I'm living it. And um, obviously, like I want to hold on it, hold on to it as long as I can. Um, and that's been my driving force, I guess, coming back from my knees, being able to have that experience with the diamonds. And it was such a short period of time and then I did my knee it's like well that wasn't long enough I want to be able to get back and hopefully make com games yeah fantastic um let's just talk a little bit about women's sport then in terms of where you think women's sport is now 
um, in relation to male sport and how it's perceived, but also what you think we need to do in order to sort of further drive women's sport. So where, where do you think we are now? We're in a good, like, I know it's bad, like, and I'm probably more positive than negative here. Like, I actually do think we're in a really good spot. Um, obviously men, they get paid a lot more. They train a lot more hours than us because they're able to because of the pay. But I've yeah, I've been in um, the netball environment at the top for 13 years now and to see where we were and to see where we are now, we've, we've, gone, we've gotten so far, I guess, from pay, from training. The athletes are more elite. The game's harder. We're now seeing internationals cross into our code. I think it's, yeah, we're in a really good place. But where I think we lack is it's more, I think the motto is like, you know, you kick like a girl, you play like a girl is still out there. I just think it's education and not even education, just come down and actually watch a game live rather than flicking through the channels and you don't see these little girls that you thought you would see. You actually see female athletes and not even, not even just female, like just athletes, you know, like that can take a hit, can can hold their own, can throw probably harder than a guy. You know, it's it's actually not a bad thing. Um, so for me, I know Netball, we've just signed a deal with um, Foxtel and KO for 2022. And that alone is massive because now we're going to see more eyes on the game. I know AFLW is across um, free-to-air TV in Australia and then also it's um, across Foxtel as well. So I think... The more people that are actually seeing the game, the, the better it is. Hmm. Um, you work, as you said, in the social media department for the club. Um, what do you see there on social media around female sport? Is, is there still, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of positive comments, but do you still see negative comments about female sport on social media? Yeah, not so much netball. Um, but AFLW, um, I think that's something that we're probably going to be battling for the next few years. And more our sport grows and um, the better our skills become, I think we'll we'll slowly see that die away. But you definitely have um, hardcore AFL fans that just think AFL is not for women. Um, and I respect their thoughts. You know, they can think that. But, again, I would love them to actually come down and watch a game and see how tough these women are because, yeah, they're incredible. Um, but that's I think the biggest thing is – like I said before, it's just people coming down and actually watching the game and seeing it for what it actually is. Um, I, I always do my research for my subjects, Ash. So I was watching a video um, you made last night. Um, uh, not, I was watching a video last night. Sorry, you didn't make it last night about you. Um, and I watched a video where you said that you cried when you heard Australia voted yes and said that you were surprised that you cried. Can you talk me through that? Why, 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 why did you cry? Um, or, or really, why were you surprised that you cried? Yeah, it was a it was a weird one because, um, or I guess for me, I've always lived my life the way I want to live my life. I haven't lived it by people's opinions or people's thoughts. And um, my wife, before we got together, had never been with a girl before, so she as well never was like, well, we can just do what we want. Like, so we got married before. I guess the yes vote, we did it, we had our wedding and we did it all manually. So when you get married, it obviously automatically you can change your last name, power of attorney goes to your partner, all these things happen where we just did all of that manually. Um, the only thing we don't have is, I guess, the actual paperwork for it. Um, but we, again, made our own paperwork. All of our friends think we're married. They'll say we're married. Our family say we're married. 
Um, Brooke's got my last name. Um, yeah, we've just lived how we think we should live. So um, when the vote happened, I think Brooke and I really struggled with it because it then became the topic of conversation with anyone we saw. If it was out for coffee, out for dinner, just running into people, people felt like they had to tell us what they were voting. And some people were even telling us that they were voting no and gave us reasons for why they voted no. And it just became like very overwhelming. And I was like, well, I, a lot of people will say they voted yes because they know us and like we're just normal people, but like everyone's a normal person. So why do we have to live our way, I guess, the way the rest of the world want us to live? Um, so, yeah, that was it was tough just to always hear it. And I guess until then I never really understood why it did matter to people. Um, and I guess, the, yeah, I was just overwhelmed and excited that I guess the yes vote got voted through. But... I was more upset that the no vote was so high and no one's ever really addressed that either. It's like, well, okay, we've passed the 50%, so it's in, but it was still like 40-something percent still voted no. So we're living in a country that a lot of people, if they did see Brooke and I walk down the street with Lewis, would be like, that's weird and disgusting. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was that was probably the shock as well. Um, but, again, I was crying because I was so excited and happy that most of Australia are, are good with it. And so they should be. It's no one else's business either. Mm, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I also read about you, you know, um, that you said, I was talking about that video watched, you said, I'm very lucky that I'm in sport because I'm protected in a sporting environment. And you were talking about your sexuality. And I was quite interested in that. I'm not a sports person, but that's not how I, standing on the outside, if you like, see sport. You know, like I tend to assume that sport is quite bit conservative to be honest with you in terms of its views but you've obviously had a very different experience yeah and I think like I use that because first when I'm in my sporting environment I'm getting judged on my ability as an athlete rather than who I'm dating um what I mean like the only thing that matters when I'm at sport is how I'm playing and I know there's people out there who would say I'm probably one of their favorite athletes but they don't agree. They, they would probably never talk about me being with Brooke. You know, so, um, and I think that's what got me through as a young kid when I when I was too scared to tell my parents. And I, I didn't, when I was young, I didn't want to be gay. So I tried to hide it. And so sport was the only place when I crossed that line for an hour where I could be 100% me. And no one, unless I played a bad game, no one would criticise me. And if I did play a bad game, I was okay to be criticised. Um, and then also the, my netball girls, um, and footy's only new, so a lot of this talk is about netball because I came out pretty young, is they already knew who I was and they didn't judge me again for who I was dating. or. Um, so, yeah, I was, yeah, I guess netball have the people, I guess, the more my athletes, um, and my teammates have just been, yeah, always supportive and um, a shoulder to cry on and, and someone to have a laugh with it as well. Mm. Um, you mentioned uh, you had a little boy last year. Uh, Lewis, is that his name? Yeah, Louis, Lewis, yep. Lewis, Lewis, yeah. So how has that changed things, do you think? I mean, uh, you know, you talked there earlier about it's hard being away three days a week. What's changed since you had a baby? 
Um, well, I don't sleep anymore. Um, <laughs> that's been the biggest thing. Um, what's changed? You know, like everything. Um, I think for me being injured at this time, I would have really struggled just being away from my teammates um, and and just doing rehab in my spare room. But I've been able to wake up and um, spend that time with my wife um, and my son and just go like, wow, how good is life? Even at the start when I couldn't walk yet, like nothing mattered because he was healthy, Brooke was healthy, I was healthy, um, where before everything was just sport-related. And I think once you have a kid, you lose, like as an athlete, you become pretty selfish because you, you're doing everything you can to be the best athlete you can be. But when there's a kid involved, like a layer or more than a layer of that has to go because it's no longer just about you. So in my eyes, it's the best It's the best thing that's ever happened and I've always wanted to be a mum. So, yeah, when you try, I guess, for so long and you, you've always wanted that, um, yeah, he's definitely our number one and will always come first, which is a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Um, you're in Melbourne at the moment. You're in we're in pandemic lockdown. Um, what do you think? Do you think about what the longer lasting impacts of what happened last year and this year? I mean, we're still in the pandemic essentially. What do you think the longer lasting impacts will be? Um, yeah, it's pretty like I I honestly believe COVID's going to be here for a lot longer than other people think it's going to be. I, I can't see it vanishing into thin air. Um, and it's something, you know, we talk about regularly at training. We're lucky enough now, like we're in lockdown, but um, we're still able to train as elite athletes. But we talk about it all the time. Well, should we be in Melbourne? Should we be in a hub right now and um, be able to play other teams? And, again, I talk about being selfish. Like we're talking about able to be able to train, to be able to play where people aren't even allowed to leave their house. So we're in, we're in a pretty lucky um, situation. But, um I guess for me, like, I don't know how many years I've got left with my career, but I don't want to finish my career with no one in the crowd either. Like, for me, like, I play for the crowd. If there's a cheer or if there's a boo, like, it pumps you up and excites you. Um, So that's, yeah, that's, I guess, one thing we talk about all the time as a team. Um, But for me, like, what worries me the most is, like, Lewis has only ever known a COVID world. Um, So I just think about his life and... At the moment, us wearing masks inside and outside, I'm like, oh, I wonder if he finds that scary that he can't see a face. You know, he's only one, so he's not talking. Um, will kids have nightmares about this? Um, kids that are able to go to school and they're not, like they're missing out on the best years of their life with their friends. And, um, yeah, like I was lucky. I had a, we grew up on a farm, so we were so active as kids where now you've got kids that are only allowed out of their house for one hour a day to exercise. Like it's just mind blowing. Um, But yeah, I guess it's the world we're living in and you have to adapt. Otherwise the world won't get better. If there's been anything for us that has come out good out of COVID is like our community have gotten really tight. Everyone's supporting each other. People are checking in with each other. You guys are right. Um, If you need anything, let us know. Like, um, we didn't know our neighbours before COVID and now we're really good friends with them. So I think that's one really cool thing about, I guess, in a crappy world at the moment. Thanks so much for that chat, Ash, and I hope that everyone enjoyed it. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this series on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating. And to find more from us, visit www.womensagenda.com.au.
Women's Agenda is proud to partner with Salesforce on this podcast series. As the world's leading CRM, Salesforce continues to be a different kind of Fortune 500 company, one that cares and gives back to the community, yet innovates like a startup. Equality is a core value at Salesforce and as a business, believes that its higher purpose is to drive equality for all. For more, visit salesforce.com.